attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. And I'm just going to cut to the chase. The best news ever today. Oh, I know. And like, let's just be honest, in a week where it's been a long week and there's been a lot of bad news in the world, we finally got one tiny good piece of news. This is a big deal. This is huge. Should basically create world peace, I think, at this point. That's how big of a deal this is. Disney World is finally doing away with park hopping hours. Now you can park hop all day long. Yay! So here's my question on this. So does this mean park reservations are gone? Park reservations are going away on January 9th, the same date that the park hoppers are going to be anytime. You can hop your hippity hop away anywhere you want to go on January 9th. Which is funny because I have a couple clients who are leaving on January 9th. So I'm like, oh, no. sorry, but we still have to book them reservations. So you still have to book between now and January 9th. You still have to make your park reservations and you still have to wait till 2 p.m. to hop from park to park in Florida. The funny thing about the timing of January 9th, though, yeah. is that's literally <laughs> I, I find this all hilarious that they literally are making all these changes right after the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. Mm-hmm. So literally the marathon is on January 7th. People are still there for the marathon on the 8th. And usually they're all gone by the end of the 8th. And then the new rules go into effect on the 9th. Yeah, it's so true. Convenient. That was intentional, for sure. I want to be clear, they have not announced if they're getting rid of either park reservations or park hopping at Disneyland. I am going to just wild guess here. I'm going to say that by the end of this year, they will have made an announcement that it will also go away. And I bet you it's going to happen within the next week or two, because usually Disney World news and Disneyland news come within like a week of each other. So... I'm here for it. They better go away at Disneyland. That's the place that you actually should be hopping because they are literally across the street from each other. Mm. So I really want to see it go away at Disneyland. But so far, as of the recording of this podcast, they have not made that announcement yet. So here's my question now. Like, for real, this is like the before times when you can just have a ticket linked to your account and wake up that morning and say, let's go to Epcot. Yeah. And go to Epcot. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Isn't what are these exciting? times we're living in, Dana? I don't know. I don't know how to handle this. Like, I'm so excited. Like, you don't have to pre-plan out where your journey is going to take you anymore. I know. We're getting the things back. We're getting, like, complimentary parking at the Disney resorts. We're getting rid of park hopping. I feel like things are just easing back into some of the things that used to make Disneyland perks be actual perks. Now I would just like them to do extra magic hours and not extra magic 30 minutes. But I know the 30 minutes is there's no point. What does 30 minutes give to you? Yeah. I mean, if you uh, maybe lets you get in line earlier for Rise of the Resistance, there's like a couple rides that make sense. But you got to be planning on not buying Genie Plus that day. I I don't tell clients to do the 30 minutes prior. I tell them to splurge on Genie Plus instead and save your sanity and sleep in a little bit. Yeah. And I think what they're missing is because they added Disney World. They added the magic extended hours for a while at night, where if you're staying in deluxe resorts, you could stay at one park every week. It was like every week at different park, every few days at different park or whatever, that you could stay there way late at night and just walk on everything. Like people at Epcot could literally walk on to the Guardians ride. 
But what I think they're missing are those early morning, like you said, that magic hours, the early morning times when families with young kids who are up and you're ready to get out of that hotel room. Could utilize it. Yeah. yeah, It's a great thing for them. We did with our daughter when she was almost three and it was before the pandemic. I remember it was really helpful most of those mornings because we were already up. We were barely sleeping anyway with a toddler. Right. So it was really handy. But yeah, I'm overall, I'm very excited about this news and I'm waiting for it to drop at Disneyland. I'm just holding my breath over here. Same, 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 same. The other Disneyland thing, by the way, before we get to the other thing, we got we got lots of things, folks. Before we get to the other thing, which we hadn't even mentioned, that Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway at Disneyland is no longer going to be a fancy ride. That news came out the other week that right. Mickey Minnie's will just be a regular lightning lane now. That's so great. So you don't have to pay extra for that one on top of it, which is good. It's necessary because right now it, there's two paid lightning lanes. It's Rise the Resistance and Mickey and Minnie's. And you and I both did Mickey and Minnie's a couple of months ago. And the line is almost never past 30 minutes these days unless you're there like peak hours, like that one to three time. Yep. But if you're going on the bookend parts of your day, you're going to be in line under 30 minutes. And I think ours said 30 minutes and we really were in line for like 15. Yeah. And you want to be in the line because on our last trip, we went there during the peak times and I just caved and I bought our way on to mm-hmm. skip the line because the line was 75 minutes or something. Mm. And so, but the problem is you miss all of the great queue. Yeah. It just kind of scoots you back on its own and down a hallway like a lot of the lightning lane cues do and you miss all the props and you don't get to go to the snack stand and all those other things that you get to see in the main queue the main queue is half the ride on that attraction so yeah. like you don't want to miss that yeah it's anyway true. well exciting speaking of stuff. snacks speaking of snacks another piece of news that just dropped today and by the way guys we're not just talking news these are our two little bits but we had to throw them in today they announced at downtown disney at disneyland Four new dining options are revealed, and they're calling this in the Parkside Market kind of district. So this is the West End over by the Disneyland Hotel. That area, they're going to be having kind of an Italy style of like four restaurants under one roof kind of setup. So that's super exciting. This Parkside Market area is going to have these four restaurants. Soul Sister is like a fast, casual modern eatery with Korean forward food. So they've got a bibimbap and like a, hmm. oh, that's all I said. A, bi- a bibimbap, a bibimbap, but they've got a and lot things. of cool stuff. And things. I'm very excited. We always get really good Korean food out here. So I'm sure this one's going to be awesome. Do you think it's going to be like best friend a little bit? I think this is going to be more of a quick service style of best friends. Mm. And it does say it's got a California twist. So, yeah. So if you guys know Roy Choi's style of food, it's probably not terribly far off. But that's Seoul Sister. And it's spelled S-E-O-U-L, like Seoul Korea, which I think is so cute. Clever. And then they also have Sip and Sonder. This is from the founders Amanda Jane Thomas and Shanita Nichols, which are two black women-owned businesses that are coming together. And they have created Sip and Sonder, which has been ranked as one of the best cafes in LA. So this is another alternative to your Starbucks. They're going to have signature lattes, fresh treats, and then they will also have some frozen drinks. I don't know what that's going to be like. But the two chefs are from the Caribbean, so it's going to have a Caribbean-inspired style of menu. That'd be cool. Yeah. The last one that's going to be in this section is Gigi's Chicken Shop. 
from the Boca Restaurant Group, which was founded by James Beard Award winner Rob Katz and Kevin Boehm. And so this is going to be kind of what it sounds like chicken. It's all in a family friendly style of menu, which is all going to be like kind of 1950s classic fare. So the pictures I'm seeing are these super thick waffle cut fries and big like fried chicken sandwiches. So with pickles and relish Mm. and all that stuff on it. So looks good. And then there's also going to be in the same section, the second story bar, which I'm very interested in. This will be an alfresco dining bar that's going to be on the top floor where you can sip signature craft cocktails and mocktails from mixologists who infuse, muddle, stir, shake, and swizzle the freshest mixes using local ingredients and artful garnishes. Says the Disney website. So I'm going to go with translation, sugary, 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 Blue Curacao, Curuco, Curuco, Caraco, whatever. Curacao. You You said it right the first time. I said it right the first time, and then I confused myself. And Midori Sour Cocktails. You are not totally (laughs) wrong. It does say that they're going to, their featured drinks are going to be espresso martinis, frozen lemonades, and frosés. Like a a frozen rosé. Ooh, speaking of espresso martinis, hold on, total sidebar, but you'll appreciate this. And I'm sure... All of our listeners will appreciate it, too. So I was at the liquor store the other day. Surprise, surprise. And you know how liquor stores will sometimes have, like, somebody there, a rat pocking whatever liquor, right? Yeah. So they had this coffee tequila liqueur yeah. thing there. And he was like, hey, do you want to try it? It's really good. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Took a sip. I was like, sold. So bought a bottle of this. Of course. Get it home. And I'm like, what do I do with this? Because you can't drink it straight. It's like a liqueur. It's like a sweet, right? So... I made for the first time because we were out Long Island for our anniversary and we we're staying at our friend's house out there and they have an espresso machine, which we do not made a shot of espresso mm-hmm. with a shot of this shook it on ice. It was the best espresso martini. It was so simple. No cream, no nothing, no sugar, just espresso in this tequila liqueur thing. I love it. Dana, Dana. I know you don't drink coffee right now, but I'm right now. I like that you threw in right now. I like that. Because we're young and it'll come back in your life. I don't know if it will. I'm almost a whole year of no coffee. I'm proud of myself. Wow. I know. Pretty crazy. Um, Also, I don't know if I will drink any espresso martinis anytime soon because I just watched one of the more recent episodes of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And one of those gals really tossed her cookies after drinking like five espresso martinis while they were in Palm Springs. Because you probably drank like trash espresso martinis, not like <laughs> no, they were at- pure espresso poured, shook it over ice. I don't know. Like they were at a nice really liqueur. fancy restaurant. They were at Copley's. If no. you know, if you know Palm Springs, it's like one of the fanciest restaurants in Palm Springs, and they were there. Maybe her espresso martinis weren't that fancy, but it was a good time to watch. I've seen how the bartenders whip up an espresso martini. So two more things on espresso martinis. We've <laughs> gone down the espresso martini rabbit hole. We were at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. We stayed out there last time I was out there. After we stayed with you, we went to the Hollywood Roosevelt. They have an amazing pool, an amazing pool bar. And I was like, oh, espresso martini sounds nice this afternoon. It came out of a tap. Ugh. It wasn't even made. It was like a pre-mixed out of the tap into a martini glass. Hard pass. The second one I'm just going to say real quick. The best espresso martini I've had in Los Angeles is at that hot, hot club at LAX airport. 
called There's, the Delta Sky Club. Oh. Those bartenders there make a mean espresso martini. That's all I'll say. They have to. So if you find yourself there at the hottest club in uh, West LA, the Delta Sky Club, long waits to get in. <laughs> you should be saying this like you're Stefan from SNL. Stefan. The hottest The hottest club. club in Los Angeles. It's called it's LAX Airport. <laughs> LAX Airport Delta Sky Club. Nobody wants to be there, but they everybody have. is there. And they have to be at the LAX airport. And apparently your flight is going to be at 7 a.m. There's no changing it. So you have to be there at 2 a.m. What are you going to do? You're going to go get the Sky Club. The Sky Club. At the Sky Club, espresso they've martini. got everything. They've got espresso martinis. They've got vodka martinis. <laughs> they've got people martinis. They've got flight attendant martinis. they got They'll give you human a flight martinis. in a martini. What's a human martini? Well, I, I, I miss Stefan. I do too. That was, oh, that was a decade sad. ago. Okay. Anyway, wow, that was a tangent. I have two last things with the downtown <laughs> Disney area. And these are the two I'm most excited about that are coming out. There's no dates. By the way, there's no dates for any of these of when any of this area is going to be officially open. But I, I think it's going to be early 2024. I think it's soon. They're going to have a stage and lawn section also back where the old Earl of Sandwich was. And they have two more restaurants that are coming to downtown Disney. One they've already announced a while ago, and it's Porto's Bakery, which I am totally here for. Oh, my God. All of Los Angeles lost their collective (laughs) minds when that got announced. It's amazing. They make it's a California Cuban kind of fusion bakery. And it's amazing. And you can make fun of us, but it is like our best bakery in all of Los Angeles. But the other one that's so LA too is we've got a Din Tai Fung that's coming to downtown Disney. So Din Tai Fung is one of the other favorites out here. It's like a mix of Mexican and Chinese food. Uh, They have Din Tai Fungs in like Vegas and all throughout LA. And I'm sure they've got one in New York. So you should go. That sounds like my favorite restaurant in Vegas that I drug you all to the China Poblano. Similar, very similar, but this is more dim sum style. So they come around and bring you all the different options. But, oh, it's so, so good. They have one over at the Aria at Vegas. So, yeah. So, okay, before we dive into the the main event here today, I do have to say one more thing. So I'm, like, at my desk looking at these cute little things I got. I'm going to show you. You guys can't see at home. But maybe I'll post some pictures. These are very, very, very old school retro Mickey and Donald figurines. I have suddenly become over the last like year, a retro Disney collector. I yeah. think is yeah. that a thing? It's so a Kurt and I love, you, but I I'm glad and I love it. I know I you. send you random pictures from these places of like glass right, cabinets yeah. full of very expensive old Disney things. So Kurt and I like our very first date, we went to an old comic book store with like retro stuff. And that was our very first date. So every time we're in different towns, we find the local random comic book store where they've got like action figures and retro stuff and like collectibles and all these things. And we really started popping in and finding all these different little knickknacks. I have an amazing goofy with like actual clothes and stuff like that. That sits in Noah's room. We found these things. They had like an old Disney watch, all this other stuff. Anyway. So there's this amazing little spot in new London, Connecticut, which had just throngs of old Disney stuff. A lot of it we can definitely not afford. They had a, Sorcerer Mickey Stief Bear from the 50th anniversary of Disney from the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. That he was selling for like $800. It was 
amazing, but very rare, like one of only like 50 left or something like that in good condition. So anyway, this has become a thing. I think this is a problem that I'm now collecting old retro Disney stuff. I think all this tracks. I think this tracks perfectly for you. (laughs) Anyway, that's the thing. And then I got this really cute because you've seen these like, have you seen this all like comeback of I'll put all these things on Instagram because somebody else will find it interesting. But there's been like a comeback of action figures and like models. And this is the reaction stuff that's all come out now. Anyway, I'm nerding out, but it's a really, really amazing Donald. Oh, he's in a little ski bomber jacket. It's really good. Yeah, I love it. Anyway, there's a whole line of these. I'll stop now. You're such a merch lover. I wanted to say something more negative, but this is a family friendly podcast. But you my merch stand like I'm a screen stand. Is this like a. I'm a scream stand and a merch stand. Is that that what we decided the kids say? Uh, sure. I don't think they say that anymore, but sure. <laughs> is that gone now? I think so. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I just learned what it meant. Okay. Yeah. So we thought today we would do something that we had a lot of fun. We had fan favorite Kim with us last time we did this because I was in L.A. and it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. We thought we'd do another top underrated things at the parks and head over to A park that has gone from being a half-day park to a full-day park once again over here on the east coast of this beautiful country, Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. Originally called MGM Studios. And I I am going to give you just some very brief history that's out of my noggin and not anything I have looked up. So just bear in mind that none of this is probably super factual. (laughs) But I did read this book book a while ago by this guy named David Koning and he talked about like the opening of MGM Studios in the early 90s and how essentially Michael Eisner who had been with Paramount before had heard the plans for like a Hollywood themed theme park to be opened in Universal Studios in Hollywood in the late 80s and he the rumor is that he basically took all of those plans and was like I'm going to open up the Disney version of this once he had started with the Disney company and so it was this big race out in Orlando of which one would open first MGM Studios or Universal Studios Orlando I think they ended up opening within months of each other and they were just gunning for the same crowd to come to them And so they both had a lot of like kind of the same attractions, like Catastrophe Canyon, where you would go and ride through back lots of movies. I miss that so much. I I miss it so much. I know you get a little a a little inkling of it out here in L.A. at the Universal Hollywood because they have a back lot tour and it goes through a couple of those kind of doomsday. You mean a 90 minute promo for The Voice? Oh, well, you would know better than I because you've most recently done it. But yeah, they've got some ridiculous ones too. But anyhow, so I remember that that was like the big deal. And I think in order to get MGM Studios off the ground and up as fast as they possibly could, Michael Eisner was trying to do a bunch of these deals with all these other companies, which is kind of how they got into the IP world, Mm -hmm. things that they did not originally create, like Jim Henson Properties, which had its own land. It's much more scaled down now, but they had kind of their own section in the early 90s at MGM Studios and MGM itself. They needed the money. So they kissed in MGM Studios and they could use all of their, you know, IP and their properties, which are big ones, you know, so they were able to put in like the Wizard of Oz and things like that into their big, what was it called? The 
The Great Movie Ride. The Great Movie How Ride. How dare you? What was it called? Sorry. It was called The Greatest Attraction Ever Built. I was thinking of all the other That's movies. That's what it was called. And I was not remembering the name of the attraction. The greatest Attraction Ever. May it rest in peace. No, it was really good. It was really fun. I love Mickey Minnie, but I'm still, that one hurts. That one hurt. When I worked at Disney, when Ryan and I worked at Disney, MGM Studios, the name, was in the process of going away and Hollywood Studios was being brought in. So I remember it was very confusing working there because half of, I I wish I'd thought about it because I should have grabbed all that MGM merchandise back then, but they were phasing all of it out and bringing in the Hollywood Studios name. And so I still call it MGM. Everybody does. Everybody of our generation, it's MGM. MGM. I just remember all of my um, schedules. Whenever I would work over there, it would still say MGM, even after they'd changed the name. took a while for them to change it on the back end. Well, it is Hollywood Studios now, and it has quickly become a much better park than it used to be. And it's very, I always compare Hollywood Studios to Disney California Adventure. They're very similar parks in terms of layout and also IP madness. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like... Hollywood Studios and California Adventure, even more so California Adventure, is just owning where the IP dumping ground. You're going to go from IP land to IP land to IP land between. I mean, I think it's even evident at Hollywood Studios where you literally go out of Galaxy's Edge and you're in Andy's backyard. (laughs) Yeah. Toy Story, right? It's a very abrupt Star Wars Toy Story where at Disneyland, the exit from Star Wars from Galaxy's Edge is a much more gradual, slow yeah. Exit out of that story into the next one, which I think was done purposely by the Imagineers. And I love that. But we got a lot on this list of underrated things to talk about. Dana and I have not shared our list with each other yet. So some of these we'll see what we both think are underrated, what we disagree on. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. So Dana. I'll get started. And I will say, I think that overall Hollywood Studios is a little overrated at this point as a theme park. There's yeah. a lot of big rides, but it gets really crowded over there because it's like they just need one more big thrill ride to kind of even out the crowds. But instead... Because of Tower of Terror, Slinky Dog Dash, and Rise of the Resistance, you get these, like, and Mickey and Minnie's when it first opened, these, like, super long lines to all of those rides. And then there were, like, kind of pockets of quiet spaces in this park. I would argue they need more kid-friendly rides over there. I agree. I totally agree. They have kid-friendly shows up the wazoo, but they don't really have anything more than Alien Swirling Saucer for a kid under five. So I totally agree with you. But, okay, this is about underrated. What is underrated at Hollywood Studios? And I think I'm going to start with my first item that I think is quite underrated, and that is the Skyliner at Hollywood Studios. It's a form of transportation that I have a theory most people don't know that they can use for free. I think guests who aren't staying on a Disney property have no clue it's there. And guests that are staying on Disney properties that don't have a Skyliner don't understand that they can also access it. So every time I pass by the entrance and exit for it, it seems like it's almost always dead, like nobody's riding it. So this is I think the Skyliner is a great way to get into Hollywood Studios, but I think it's also a great way to leave Hollywood Studios. If you want to go over to Epcot now that you can park hop anytime you want. You should just take that. It's going to get you there in like 10 minutes versus waiting for a bus. So I like it. Yeah, I think it's underrated. I agree. I agree. And I actually think the walk 
from Hollywood Studios to Epcot is underrated as well. This isn't on my list, but You're I think right. the walk is highly underrated. It's a great walk. It's like a mile, if that. And you go literally out of Hollywood Studios, walk along the water, walk across the boardwalk, stop in, grab something to eat on the boardwalk, and then you're back in Epcot too, which I actually think it might be faster to walk than take the Skyliner because Skyliner, you got to go change Skyliners and do that thing. But if you're up for walking, that walk is a great walk to do. Yeah. And it's a nice break. It's nobody ever does it. Kurt and I have done it many times and we're the only people on that pathway. And it's just a nice, like calm break from the crowds. Agreed. I think Noah slept in the stroller on that walk before. It's a great, it's a quiet, it's calm. It's nice. Okay. My first one, surprise, surprise is a beverage related place. It is the Hollywood Brown Derby lounge, the little outside lounge at the Hollywood Brown Derby, not to sit down in the actual lounge part and eat. Because the food at Hollywood Brown Derby is a meal. Like, it's a big old meal, and it's a decent meal. However, they have a bar right there. Right there. It's kind of tucked away. There's a little line for it. And this is the best bar in all of Walt Disney World. The bartenders are phenomenal. My good story is we had dinner in the Hollywood Brown Derby, and then we were like, oh, let's get a drink before we go get in line for Mickey Minis. This is pandemic times when the lines are really long and yeah. we said to the bartender he's like what are you about to do and we're like oh we're gonna go get in line at mickey minis he's like well let me pour that a little stronger and the guy just like <laughs> it was a gigantic glass of alcohol um love it it's such a great spot to go you get a drink you can get whatever cocktail you want beer wine cocktails they've got everything there and then just outside of it is the quietest seating area in all of Hollywood studios. Nobody ever sits there. It's like a bunch of tables and chairs and it's just kind of tucked away there in the corner. And it is such a quiet, nice regroup spot. Like go have an afternoon cocktail there, have a beer, do whatever, sit, chill out, relax, take a minute, rest your feet. You can always get a seat and it's shaded. And it's just, I'm like, I, I, I feel bad saying this because it's our little hiding spot when we go there. But like, it's it's such a great, great spot to grab a drink and chill out or just grab the drink and go. You know what? I've never gone. I've never gone to the Brown Derby and I've never gone to that lounge. But I know what you're talking about because it's an outdoor lounge and you can just like yeah. if you're looking at the front entrance of the Brown Derby, it's kind of just to the left of it or right. I'm yeah. not sure. To the right. When- it's just to the right if you're looking at it. Yep. It looks great. I will do that. Well, OK, so sticking with your theme of bars. My underrated of a bar is the tune-in lounge at the 50s Primetime Cafe. I don't know if you've been before, but it I is haven't. awesome. And it's new. I think it opened right after the pandemic. So 50s Primetime Cafe is in that Hollywood area in Echo Lake, and it's next to the Hollywood and Vines. There's a couple restaurants. In between these two restaurants is like a smaller door. And that's usually where you go and check in for 50s Primetime Cafe. Mm-hmm. But to the left is the tune-in lounge. And I want you to picture your most like Brady Bunch-esque living room no. right now in your head. Or like a Laverne and Shirley meets I Love Lucy meets the Brady Bunch. It's all your like classic 60s and 70s um, TV shows. And I guess 50s, I said I Love Lucy. But they are all like designed to look like you are seated inside one of those living rooms with the TV sets and everything and the books on the side. You know what it looks like? 
When you ride Spaceship Earth and you see the moon landing yeah. and the family watching the moon landing, yeah. you basically get to sit oh on that gosh. set. That's what it looks like. Oh, so that's you, fun. They've got three little sections that are all designed to look like that as lounges. So you can go grab a cocktail at the bar and then go sit there with your party and just either A, wait for your table that's ready at the um, 50s primetime or just go in and sit there. And the last time I went with both Ryan one time and then with the girlfriends another time, we sat in there for like an hour and just enjoyed a glass of wine and the atmosphere. It's air conditioned. I mean, you can't get any better. So I got to add that to the list. It's yeah. Awesome. It's so adorable. All right. And they play movies like just kind of like sci-fi cafe. They have like the movies playing in the background on the little oh, tiny fun. TVs. So it's adorable. Okay. You're up next. All right. I'm moving away from food. Okay. And drinks. I'm going to attractions. And I think post the opening of galaxy's edge, this is now one of the most underrated attractions and it's star tours. <laughs> I had that too. I had that same one. I love Star Tours. It is completely underrated. You can literally walk onto this thing anytime you want to do it. They're pouring money into it. They like keep filming new scenes for it, new adventures and all this stuff. And it is the classic. Like, first of all, nowhere in Galaxy's Edge can you see R2-D2 and C-3PO anywhere. And they are hanging out there like phenomenal animatronics of them are in the queue for Star Tours. It's just so classic. It's great. I wish they could have been able to figure out how to make that. And I've said this before, and I'll say this to the day I die, how they could have made that an entrance to Galaxy's Edge where you like land in Batu at the end of it. And then you get off and you would exit into galaxy's edge yeah. like come on how cool would that be for like a kid to be transported that way like it would be so cool as somebody who knows how the backstage area of hollywood studios operates that's like jutting up against some really significant backstage areas the check-in area and the locker yeah. so i know that that's why they didn't build it out there but i agree it would have been so nice to and same with disneyland which is way further apart it would right. have been nice to include Star Tours in with Galaxy's Edge any way they could. But I agree with you. When we went this last year in April, I rode Star Tours by myself. We had, you know, Ray and I. Did I too. And I got one of those new setups, like one of the new scenes that you go through. And I was like, this is totally new for me. So I loved it. And I haven't ridden it since out here at Disneyland. So now I want to put it back on my bucket list and go Ride that next time I'm there. Maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but like the Millennium Falcon theming is cool. Smugglers Run. The ride is better on Star Tours. It's more fun. Like, because they're essentially the same thing when you think about it. It's the same concept. It's it's, you're in a flight simulator. Star Tours is just better. I know. It's more fun. They make it a lot of fun and it's interactive anyway. So that was Star Tours was definitely on my list as the most underrated. I think it is the most underrated attraction at Hollywood studios now. Well, I'm going to go through another one. This is more of a show that I think is very underrated. So underrated that most people don't even know it exists. And if they do know it exists, they're always surprised that it's still open. And that is none other than my favorite frog, your favorite pig, the Muppet vision 3d. This (laughs) is so great it's so classic i love this 3d show and it's so dripping with like the mgm studios vibe of the early 90s they haven't changed it um i think it came out clearly in like 
the mid early to mid 90s when like 3D was a very novel concept and kind of ha- the animation had changed but this show you guys it still slaps it's so good it's so funny who doesn't love the muppets and if your kids don't it. know the muppets this is a really great introduction to them but my favorite is the ending when they put on a big show and samuel gold comes out and he's like we're doing a three-hour tribute to all of the countries but mostly america <laughs> it's so good you can't skip the pre-show the pre-show makes no, the pre-show is so good it makes it you have to uh. watch it you have to be there like 10 minutes in advance even if there's nobody in the theater you gotta watch the pre-show because those penguins are adorable gonzo kind of takes over the screens all of it's great. The whole set is very prop-like in the in the queue mm-hmm. area, so I love that. And then I just like that when the show ends, you can go into a little gift shop, and around the corner at the entrance is a big fountain with Miss Piggy dressed as the Statue of Liberty, and she's squirting you know water into the fountain. And I think Rizzo the Rat is on the corners. It's so great. It's so great. I love it so much. Okay, I'm going back into the food department. Okay. This is a combo. I'm combining two because they're they're similar and they're close by in location. So first things first, the Joffrey's cart mm. by Haunted Mansion. Big you knew eye it was roll. coming. Giving you, you a big knew eye it was roll. coming. You knew it was coming. So by the exit, tucked away in the back corner of the park, by the exit to the Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. Not the Haunted Oh my gosh, what am I saying? <laughs> the Tower of Terror. Oh. Woo! So I even wrote down Haunted Mansion. Guys, it's been a long week. So anyway, Hollywood Studios, Tower of Terror. The Joffrey's cart tucked away back by the Tower of Terror. It's at the exit to the Tower of Terror. It's this little, little Joffrey's cart. But they got all you need. They got shaky Jamaica cold brews. They've got the regular coffees. And they have the gigantic donuts there. So my advice to everybody on the planet is, if you're coming in in the morning, do not go to that Starbucks that's right off the main street there. Do not go to the Starbucks. Hook a right on Hollywood Boulevard. Head all the way down to the Tower of Terror. Go to the exit of the Tower of Terror and hit that Joffrey's card up. You're going to be in line for no time at all. And you're going to yeah. have phenomenal coffee and a wonderfully amazing gigantic donut. Yeah. So the other part of that is just around the corner on Hollywood Boulevard. Breakfast at Hollywood Scoops. It is the only breakfast spot open on that strip okay. of all those. So like on that Hollywood Boulevard, they've got all yeah. those different like, like markets. They look like farmers. Yeah, market. you get like margaritas and California fair and all this other stuff. Right. So Hollywood scoops is the last stop. It's right before you turn left to go into the Aerosmith ride. Yeah. In that area over there. Hollywood scoops for a short amount of time in the morning. They have Mickey waffles covered in like strawberry sauce and whipped cream and blah, blah, blah. All the things that you want on a waffle. And they have mimosas right there. You get a mimosa and a Mickey waffle covered in all the good stuff right there at Hollywood Scoops. And it's like nobody ever knows about it either. It's like a weird thing that people don't know about. And just go there. Like get your coffee at Joffrey's, swing over there, and you're good to go. That sounds awesome. I love that. I had no idea. I found out about it from Molly. It was oh. a Molly. Molly from Mammoth Molly Hot Club? Tip. Yeah. yeah. Hot tip for Molly was the uh, mimosas and um, Mickey waffle breakfast. Yeah. We love Molly. Except Molly did not love the evil dead maze at Hollywood Studios going back to our previous oh episode. My. And that hurt my heart a little bit because I was like, you just didn't, you, you had your eyes closed. You didn't, you didn't really experience it. Dana. Yeah. 
We watched Evil Dead. Yeah, we know. No, we did. Kurt and I did. We hadn't watched uh, it. We watched Evil oh, Dead Oh, the Rise. original. We had never seen the No, oh. the 2013 version. Yeah. But we hadn't what, seen it. What with, did you think? Also, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist yeah. is the is Evil the, Dead girl yeah, in it. Like, yeah. what? She's great. <laughs> She's, She's so phenomenal. Good. Yeah, it's good. We loved it. Sorry, folks. Halloween side note. We'll have to Evil sidebar Dead. about it, but we need to talk. You and I. It was so good. Also, can Zoe come back? Like, we got to talk about this. Yeah. Anyway, no. for another time. But anyway, Hollywood Scoops. Very, very good spot for breakfast in the morning. Okay, so I've got two last ones on my list. The next one I'm going to mention, because I am such a Disney nerd, is the One Man's Dream, the Walt Disney show and the walkthrough little museum tour. I love this thing. Guys, this is so cute. It's right kind of in the Animation Academy next to the When Will It Ever Open Voyage of the Little Mermaid show. Did it ever open? I don't think it did. No, there was something about like mold growing inside of it. And like, oh, yeah, it's been a whole thing. I I think I think the show is done. Okay, I I, I would agree then. But anyhow, next to it where there is no mold is the one man's dream. I love this walkthrough. It's great. It's air conditioned. So, folks, if the only thing you take out of this statement is that it's air conditioned, then you're coming in at a win. Because trust me, when you're there in the summer, in Hollywood studios, you are going to want some air conditioning. Mm -hmm. You get to walk through and see some of the like Walt's first school desk and some of his artifacts. I think some of the coolest stuff is like the first drawings and animations that he created, the cell animation style, kind of that 3d style that he and his team developed back in the twenties and thirties, that big kind of printing press machine is there. So that's super awesome. They have the animatronic of Abraham Lincoln, the original one, which is also super fascinating. And then at the very end, you see some dioramas of Disneyland and Disney World and cruise line ships. And it's super cute. And if you really want to stay in that air conditioning and or take a nap, they have what I think is a very lovely 15 minute kind of quick story about Walt's life. And it's narrated by I believe it's narrated by Julie Andrews. So highly recommend sitting down and watching that show if you're a Disney fan or you're looking for air conditioning, either one or both. You're going to be delighted. I like it. Kurt stops in there every single time. Every single time we're at a Hollywood Studios, Kurt makes a walkthrough. That's why I love Kurt. That spot. That's why I absolutely love your husband. Everybody loves him more than me. It's fine. (laughs) I'm going to tell you said that. (laughs) I'm used to it. I'm used to it by now. Okay. So I've got two left here. My next one is Noah's favorite thing at Hollywood Studios. Okay. Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy. I had that one on here too. That was my last one. Is that your last one? Ah, it's so good. If you have not been to this next time you're at Hollywood Studios, go, 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 go. Take kids. Don't take kids. Take yourselves. If you like the Cars movies, this animatronic they've created of Lightning McQueen is mind-blowingly good. It's, yes. I mean, it's it's a full-size race car that's an animatronic, folks. And it its mouth moves. It talks. It, it, it has emotion. It does things. Like, this show is so good. It's like eight minutes long or something like that, if that. And it's quick. It's fun. It ties into the movies. Like, it's just so good. Yeah, it really is. And I think it's some of, like, the best animation imagineering that they've created in the recent years. It's just very fluid. 
Except for out here at Cars Land, at Disneyland, you're not really going to get to see these cars in action. So this is the only spot. This or staying at Art of Animation where you can be around like kind of the prop style mm-hmm. of the cars. And I think that's a miss for the Disney company. I wish they had more car. I can't believe I'm saying this because I did not like the Cars franchise before I had a kid. But then I watched the movies and they're adorable. They're and so good. I'm like a fan of Cars mm. now. One and three. One and one three. three are good. Only one Two's- and three. Two so weird. Lifts right out. Two just lifts right out. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't want it. But no, it's really cool. So even if you don't have kids, you should still go sit into this show. It's like a 10 or 15 minute show. It's not very long. It's it's super short. Noah loves it. He just blows his mind that Lightning McQueen is right there talking to him. It's so good. And such a good use of that space that I think was just kind of there for a while and they didn't know what to do with. And so it's, it's great. I love it. And it's also a people eater too, which they definitely need over there. Yes. Okay. So since we both had that one, should I jump to my very last one? I'm going to guess what your last one is. Is it another show? Yeah. It's going to be the frozen show. How'd you know? Yes, it is. It is the first time in forever frozen sing along and y'all, the greatest live show in all of the Disney parks is the first time mm. in Forever Frozen sing-along. Mm-mm. Yes, it is. It has. No, sir. Look, if we're going to do Stefan on this one, the hottest club at Disney World is the Frozen for the first time forever Frozen sing-along club. It's got everything. It's got comedy. It's got singing. It's got bubbles. It's got lights. It's got raves. It literally is the greatest thing they have ever created. It is hilarious. The two storytellers through it are funny and making jokes only grownups are going to get, which works really well. They tell the story of Frozen in their own way. It's like a reinterpretation of Frozen. It's so good. And like the music, it's a party. The kids are dancing. It's so good. Like they didn't need to do Frozen at the Hyperion Theater here. They could have just put in the Frozen sing-along at the Hyperion Theater in California. No, no, you didn't see the Frozen. Did you see the Frozen show? No, but also Frozen on Broadway, and it was the same. It was really good. I'm, I'm just miss the Hyperion. I wish they would do more shows at the Hyperion in California Adventure. There is a reason Frozen on Broadway is no longer on Broadway. It was great through the big drag show at the end of the first act, which we called (laughs) Elsa's coming out. There was so much glitter. So much glitter and costume changes, and it was like Kurt and I looked at each other the first time we saw it, and when she did, let it go, and like did the big costume change and reveal, and like glitters flying everywhere and sparkles and blah blah. blah. And Kurt and I looked at each other, we're like, "Did we just go to a drag show? (laughs) (laughs) What was this?" They blew all of their budget on that one number because the entire second act was, oh, like it was bad. But the Frozen, for the first time forever, Frozen sing-along, like, this is what the Frozen dinner party should have been on the Disney Wish. Mm. Like, mm, you got, yeah, you're feeling me. I do agree. Well, we've talked about this. At the, on the Disney Wish, there was a lot to be desired at the Frozen show, and they should have had more interaction. I would have liked to see them just, like, also include kids more in it. Yeah. Like, bring them up on – did they bring them up on stage? I can't remember. No. They, like, no. waltzed them around the – They did, like, a Congo line. Yeah, yeah, they waltzed them around, but that was restaurant. about it. It would have been nice to have included them a little bit more. Well, that was a good list. Any any last ones? Any? Oh, I didn't mention this, but another one that I really like, because I felt like we'd already mentioned a lot of lounges, but – it's you and me. One more that I think is really <laughs> underrated is the baseline tap house. That's like right by the Muppet 
area. I've never been. See, it's underrated. It's super good. You can get different. What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, lots of different tasters. So you can get like a four pack of tasters Mm. and stuff. And they have a really good Bavarian pretzel with beer cheese there. So highly recommend. Oh, and this is another piece that you don't even have to stop in there for beer. They have like a big ice machine where you can go fill up your water bottles. And it's all really like a good spot to just go in there and get your water refilled. So I'm going to say one more thing, and this might be controversial again, but I think the Backlot Express is cool only because that's where all the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids stuff used to be. Oh, I haven't gone in in decades, so I don't really know. Yeah, they used to have like a giant playground there of like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids playground, which was really fun. It was like being in the backyard from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and that's gone. Oh, I remember that. I remember the playground well. Yep. Oh, I also have to say like, the Dockside Diner, that quick service at Echo Lake and like hanging out around at Echo Lake for mm-hmm. a little chill out is also very underrated. Also, the ice cream spot there, too, in the dinosaur. So our overall is that like food and shows are all the underrated awesome things. If you're trying to get on any of the rides at Hollywood Studios, just be um, emotionally prepared. It's going to be quite a day. That's the part yep. you should definitely get Genie Plus in because those lines get really, really yes. long. And there just frankly aren't enough rides to divvy up all of the wine stuff. So that's our other pro tip to you. But hey. Also a pro tip, I think, because sometimes ADRs are really hard to get there. The advanced dining reservations, because the restaurants do fill up quick. Like sci-fi, 50 sci-fi is a really hard one to get. Also, Andy's Backyard Barbecue is there now. And that's a really hard one to get to. One that is seemingly always available Every time, even last minute when we're looking, is the 50s Primetime Cafe. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you all, we went there once. It was so fun. They, like, yell at you. You're, like, sitting in, like, an old 50s living room waiting. And they're like, Adam, dinner, is how they call for you. And, like, you go, you sit. They, like, chuck the food down on the table at you. They tell you to mind your manners. Like, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. It is fun. I like it. It is, I feel like, underrated, but... Sci-fi dining is way overrated, but it's worth the overrated, We're in my done, opinion. We're done with sci-fi dining. I know you are, because you had a bad moment. I'm kind of done with 50s primetime, because we also had a bad moment. But it was, again, reasons that you had a bad moment at sci-fi. It was all kid-related. Like, kids in bad mood, kids throwing tantrum. Yep. Not enjoying my time, so. I will say the other fun little note about Hollywood Studios is the ABC Commissary. Mm, So, uh, no, I'm going to bring it up because it's a fun note. I wouldn't necessarily, there's 8 million other places at Hollywood Studios to eat before you go eat at the ABC Commissary. But what's interesting about it, I've walked in there, I've never eaten there. The design looks like the ABC Commissary at ABC News' headquarters in New York. Like I've eaten many meals when I worked there in that commissary and they made they literally created that there. So it's a fun little like nobody knows that unless you've worked at ABC and you've like been to the cafeteria at ABC. Yeah. But it's what it looks like. It's crazy. It's such a neat little nod that they did in the design of that place that it's cool. I think it's cool. I think it's food's not so great, but the design idea was cool. I feel mediocre about the design, maybe because I think that. It's a commissary and a commissary is a cafeteria. And I've been in a million of those out here in L.A. commissaries on lots. But I also think that most of America who 
don't work in the entertainment industry even care. Like it still looks very cafeteria to me and it's cafeteria food. I've never been impressed by their food. I liked it because it, it felt like my first job in New York City. Okay. You're not talented. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. I hope you enjoyed and, and I hope you learned something new. Tell us if there's another something underrated that we've missed. We'll make a post and on Instagram. And so feel free to let us know if we missed your favorite most underrated thing. Or maybe you don't want to tell us. Maybe you want to keep it a secret and keep it underrated for a reason. How dare you? Tell us. <laughs> tell us your secrets. And with that, folks, you know where to find us. You can always reach out to us on Instagram if you want a free vacation quote. I've got a lot of really fun vacation package discounts coming out right now. So reach out if you're interested. And with that, I guess we'll see you again all next week. Bye. Bye.